September 18th, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, through chapter 4, verse 31. Until faith in Christ was shown to us as the way of becoming right with God, we were guarded by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until we could put our faith in the coming Savior. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian and teacher to lead us until Christ came. So now, through faith in Christ, we are made right with God. But now that faith in Christ has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. So you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have been made like Him. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all Christians. You are one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are His heirs. And now all the promises God gave to Him belong to you. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were slaves to the spiritual powers of this world. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that He could adopt us as His very own children. And because you Gentiles have become His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, and now you can call God your dear Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are His child, Everything he has belongs to you. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. And now that you have found God, or should I say, now that God has found you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual powers of this world? You're trying to find favor with God by what you do or don't do on certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. I am afraid that all my hard work for you is worth nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I become like you Gentiles were, free from the law. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news of Christ. But even though my sickness was revolting to you, you did not reject me and turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me, as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful spirit we felt together then? In those days, I know you would gladly have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy, because I am telling you the truth? Those false teachers who are so anxious to win your favor, are not doing it for your good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you'll pay more attention to them. Now it's wonderful if you are eager to do good, and especially when I am not with you. But, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. 
how I wish I were there with you right now, so that I could be more gentle with you. But at this distance, I frankly don't know what else to do. Listen to me, you who want to live under the law. Do you know what the law really says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Now these two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. Hagar, the slave wife, represents Mount Sinai, where people first became enslaved to the law. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery. But Sarah, the free woman, represents the heavenly Jerusalem, and she is our mother. That is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied, Rejoice, O childless woman! Break forth into loud and joyful song! Even though you never gave birth to a child, for the woman who could bear no children now has more than all the other women. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. And we who are born of the Holy Spirit are persecuted by those who want us to keep the law, just as Isaac, the child of promise, was persecuted by Ishmael, the son of the slave wife. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the family inheritance with the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, obligated to the law. We are children of the free woman, acceptable to God because of our faith. This is the most important role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian, is to convict us. And Jesus did say the Holy Spirit will come to convict us of sin, but it's, He said He will convict the world of sin. But then He says some other things Holy Spirit will do convicting on. He says He will convict us of righteousness. Most of us don't feel any righteous and we need the Holy Spirit to convict us of it. Most of us think Holy Spirit is sent us to tell us how bad we are or who we are not but we fail to realize that is what he is to do in the life of the world but in the life of a Christian he is to convince us and convict us of who we are because that is the part we need the most convincing in. Jesus explains how Holy Spirit convicts us of judgment and he says the judgment that I he says the righteousness that I'm going to the Father and the judgment that the ruler of this world is being judged. So the judgment the Holy Spirit is convicting us of is not the judgment that we are judged. It's that Jesus was judged. I am not being judged and the devil is gonna be judged for what he does against me now. Why is Holy Spirit convicting us of judgment? Because when you don't know that Jesus was judged for your sin, you will constantly live your life. When something bad happened, you will immediately connect a bad event with your sin. For example, Joseph's brothers did something really bad for his brother. They were debating whether they should kill him or sell him. They won, they sold him. Years passed by, but deep in their memory, the act 
was never deleted they moved on the father was convinced father stopped mourning everything was forgotten except when they end up in Egypt and uh, they are perceived as spies one of the brothers gets locked up they huddle up together and they immediately say God is punishing us God is judging us we saw how he cried and they start remembering replaying the memories while they're thinking God is judging them the man who's doing this to them turn around and weeps for his love for them how many times we go through something and something bad happens and we are convinced it has to be the judgment of God not realizing God sometimes turns around and weeps knowing I already judged my son it's not my judgment it's the enemy coming against you and my spirit is here to remind you the enemy will be judged for what he does to God's children